You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Bemba. What's going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with Howard Bender, bringing you the Week 6 Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast. Uh, Howard, coming off a nice Week 5, how are you feeling about the upcoming Week 6 here? Well, I mean, I've, I think I'm feeling okay about it. You know, the watch list came out already on uh, on FantasyAlarm.com. Um, you know, there were a, a, a number of interesting plays that I was I was definitely liking, but overall... Um, you know, and, and this is actually reflected in the, uh, in, in the lines. If you look at the lines of, uh, uh, for, for betting purposes, I mean, everything's like, it's like a tight game. It's a close game. Uh, there are more three and a half, three, three and a half point spreads than there are any kind of like big outlandish spreads. And, you know, and, and when they get, when the games get tight like that, it becomes a little bit more difficult, uh, to really figure out game flow. You know what I'm saying? No, I definitely agree with you. Um, closer games also maybe a little bit more beneficial in terms of fantasy production because uh, it keeps more plays, in, you know, guys in play. You know, you don't find them maybe getting taken out of game scripts as much uh, because teams are going back and forth and scoring the football or, you know, getting extended drives. So uh, definitely good to have close games here. You don't want anything where there's a potential blowout. Uh, but I think clearly, Howard, and based off the feedback that we got last week, our goal this week is to find this week's Chase Claypool, Travis Fulgham, you know, those <laughs> those half percent owned players that go for 40 fantasy points. So uh, I'm expecting big things out of you out of the dartboard this week because, uh, you know, we have to find that those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, of course. I mean, that's isn't that that's probably the easiest part of my job is really is just coming up with those dartboard players who you just want to. You know, throw caution into the wind and say, "Ah, screw it, why not?" No, listen, we're not going to. You know, I mean, it's it's next to impossible to like identify that. And you uh, explained it. I know we had somebody in chat on Fantasy Alarm that uh, was asking about, uh, you know, how do these people know who, uh, you know, who who you know had Chase Claypool in their lineup or Travis Fulgham in their lineup? And I think actually. Your explanation of it is perfect, and we should probably share it with our listeners because guaranteed there are some people who are listening to this thinking they're going to find this week's Chase Claypool right now. Yeah, and the explanation is actually a pretty simple one. A lot of the players, and we looked at the Million Maker ownership here for these guys, and Chase Claypool was, uh, I think it was like 1.5% owned, and Fulgham was a half a percent owned or something like that in the Million Maker. And those ownerships aren't reflective of people being on those plays. Those are guys who are making up that 1% or mass multi-entering lineups and putting in 150 lineups with exposure to different players in different games. They may have liked the Philadelphia-Pittsburgh game as a, as a core stack, and therefore they found themselves auto-generating lineups with Chase Claypool in it, with Travis Fulgham in it. It just so happened that those two guys were in the same game so they were, you know, bouncing back off one of another um, in those lineups. So don't get discouraged so much when you see that people have these guys at low ownership with, you know, 40 points and wearing how they're figuring it out. It's all luck. Nobody is hand-building one single lineup and putting in Chase Claypool. It just, you know, it's just not something that's going to happen. I went through the contest that Howard and I like to talk about a lot. You know, we play in the chop block. We play in the goal line. Um Fulgham wasn't even owned in the in the goal line contest, and Claypool was 026 
percent owned of 600 players so again these weren't anything that you might have missed your research didn't bring about you're up unfortunately in these mass multi-entry contests you're up against computers you're up against algorithms up against mass multi-entries entries uh where they're going to have this wide variety of exposure yeah absolutely perfect way to explain it and you know, people just need to understand that. I mean, it's 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 tough. Listen, guys, taking down a GPP is not an easy thing. I mean, that is, you know, it's it's. I get it. That's what everybody's chasing. And I know that you see these screenshots of guys who are like, you know, they're hitting a hundred k, you know, on it. Well, first of all, a look at how they're winning the hundred k. All right, you know, look at what their entry fees are. Look at the contests that they're winning, and see what you know what that's all about. A lot of three thirty threes, the seven seventy seven. You've got fifteen hundred dollar entry fees um, for people who are like, you know, hitting it there. I mean, that's that's what they're doing. They're they've made an investment. It's not so much you know like, uh, you know, looking at it from a football standpoint as much as it's looking at it as an investment in what their algorithm says and their 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 generator and and what what's being done there. Um, you can't go in expecting that you're going to end up like taking one of these big prizes down. You know, finding that one dart that that low owned stack that low owned player who's going to pop off for thirty to forty points. I mean, that's a rarity. And I, and I think you know what you guys also. You know, remember this for all those guys who are posting, I won 15 grand, I won 25 grand, I won 100 grand. Find out what their losses are overall. Like, sorry, but you're not consistently winning 25K uh, and and still giving DFS advice to somebody in an article uh, from your one bedroom apartment, you know, in like Topeka. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's just something that I wanted to bring up just to kind of put it in perspective, because I mean, listen, I'm sitting there like all you guys are on Sundays and I'm seeing the top of the leaderboards with Chase Claypool and being like, how in the world did these guys put them on their lineups? But I understand. And in DraftKings, if you play on there, it does a really good job of it, too. You know, next to the person's name in parentheses is the number of entries that they have or, or the number of entry that that is, you know, so you can see like, oh, this is, you know, the 40th entry of who knows how many. And you can see, you know, the player pool and see how many guys, how many lineups these people have entered. Um, so, again, it, it don't get discouraged. You know, if you didn't have those guys in your lineup, nobody did. 1% of 200,000 people had Chase Claypool in their lineup in the Million Maker. So you just kind of strive forward. You put together the best lineup you can. And it's all about, again, being smart in the competitions or uh, contests that you enter. I throw a lineup or two in the Millie Maker too, just in case I get lucky. But that's why we preach trying to find these single entry contests, these smaller entry field contests. So you're going up against less lineups. You're going up against less people that are mass multi-entering. And it gives you the edge here with the content that we're putting out throughout the week, the advice that we're giving, that our chat's giving, that Howard and Jen are giving during the live streams. And you can put that to good use on a level playing field and you'll be successful in my opinion. And and don't sit there and, and let the dollar sign dreams, you know, like overtake you. Grind. Use the cash games. I throw in, you know, if, if I'm throwing in, you know, $150 to $200 in, uh, in GPPs, you know, uh, I'm, I'm throwing in like $250 to $300 into cash games too because that'll hopefully 
offset if I lose in the GPPs because then I've got the money in the cash games. And sorry, man, I'm not going to brag or boast or tell you to take the lineups, but you know my cash lineups have been hitting in the money, FanDuel and and DraftKings uh, steadily now off of the playbook, and it's just playbook players who I'm using. So. You know, grind it out with your cash lineups, and what you should be doing is you should be playing. If you play, if you play one hundred and fifty dollars uh, a, a week, all right, you should probably be putting one hundred and twenty-five into cash games and twenty-five dollars into a GPP. Like that's just you. You don't need to be uh, chasing the dream uh, if you know if you're if you're not building your bankroll. Otherwise, you're just gonna keep finding yourself reloading every single week. You'll be like, oh damn. You know, and you'll hit one. You'll hit like you know. You'll you'll be in like like twelfth place, and you'll win four hundred dollars, and you'll be psyched. Uh, and that four hundred dollars, guess what? You're gonna piss it away the next week if you don't stay with your plan and just steadily grind. So, all right, lectures are over. Let's get to the players, John. We'll start off at the quarterback position. Uh, who are you liking this week? Yeah. So I mean, I think the the one thing I I want to at least target in this this week is having um i like what we got out of watson uh last week and i know that uh you talked a lot about the fact that the new coach um you know changing and teams have success and it was up against jacksonville uh and watson was able to go ahead throw for three scores throw for over 300 yards now um he has 20 fantasy points in three of the uh five games this season that they've played um I think that this is another good spot for him up against Tennessee. I know the Titans are coming off a good game there against Buffalo, but I, I like the fact that I felt like the offense was spread out a little bit more. Uh, we know that Tennessee at least can put up some points on the board with Houston's defense not being strong. Um, so I, I like if we're looking to spend up. I think Watson is one of the top quarterbacks I'm going to be looking at. I'm not so much on Lamar. It seems like he's hurt. Um, you know, only three rushing yards last week to me is a, is a shocker. Um, the fact that he's only given us – 20-plus fantasy points in two of the five weeks has me worried. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, Tampa Bay's defense isn't awful, and they're on the road. I know they're coming off their bye, and they're getting admins back. But, again, I'm not really interested in spending up uh, there too much either. So if we're looking at the top, I think Watson is probably my preferable option. Yeah, I agree with you completely. <clears throat> Even if you want to say Tennessee put the uh, put the wax on uh, on Buffalo, Josh Allen still threw for 263 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Right. So, you know, this that is was Watson. Without Brown. So, I mean, like, you know. Right. So I'm, this is... I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of Watson's week. Yeah. All right. So let's move down a little bit. Big Ben at home against Cleveland. I like Matt Ryan against Minnesota, but I don't like Matt Ryan at this price. Like, how in the world is Matt Ryan, with the way that the Falcons have played, the fifth most expensive uh, quarterback on this slate like that kind of yeah hard pa- hard pass for me on Matt Ryan he especially yeah. <laughs> Julio Julio didn't practice again um, on Thursday if Julio finds his way into a full practice maybe on Friday and Saturday I would consider it um, because I think he him just being on the field opens things up more but yeah with the fact that Matt Ryan can only throw completed passes to Calvin Ridley and even then a couple weeks ago we saw Ridley with zero fantasy points uh, yeah I'm not I'm not buying too much uh, into the Matt Ryan height. The Big Ben um, one is interesting. Obviously, he's coming. He had that huge game, but it was all going to Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster did nothing. Deontay Johnson got hurt. Johnson returned to practice on Thursday. 
but now he's had a couple games where he's left with injuries. So is he soft? Can you rely on him? You know, sure, Big Ben's given us now uh, four weeks of or three weeks of 20-plus fantasy points. So the production's been there. Um, you know, it's a good matchup, but the health of the receivers to me scares me a little bit. Yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. That would uh would make me a little little squeamish as well. Yeah, if we're looking mid tier, I think I'm going with Stafford. I think Stafford is one of my favorite mid tier plays this week. I do like Stafford a lot. I think that he's a a fantastic choice. Uh, great weapons again. Jacksonville, not a fan of uh, of what's happening with them. They're starting to uh, really kind of show their true colors. Um, yeah, I, I like Stafford a, a, a bunch here. Um, I don't mind Cousins uh, in, in this one here also. I think just because of his price tag. I don't think you're getting anything major out of him. But for a cash game play, get this. So Minnesota, with the exception of week two, when they went up against uh, what you call about? They went up against. Was it? No, it was Indianapolis. Oh, the Colts, okay. Yeah, so they went up against the Colts and they got destroyed, like throttled. It was it was embarrassing. It was the worst game. Uh, I think it was like 193 passing yards and three interceptions for Cousins. In the other it was four, 113 yards. <laughs> there you go. Um, in the uh, in the in the fourth, in the other four games, he's averaged 254 passing yards and two touchdowns. All right, and that's with that's in a run first offense. All right. So, you know, like, here's the thing. Like, they run heavy early. That's what they want to do. The other team just starts coming back on them. The other team starts punishing them. And then Cousins has to throw. And then he's got to find Thielen. He's got to find Jefferson. And uh, and against Atlanta, I definitely think that this, uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. uh, If, you know, if if you wanted to just kind of try something. Because I don't think anybody's going to be on him. Like that's the thing. I don't think anybody. Like I think everybody's going to use Madison in their lineups, but nobody's going to use Cousins. Right, and the quarterback position against Minnesota has been a pretty strong play. Even Teddy Bridgewater, or sorry, against Atlanta rather, um, has been a pretty strong play. Even you know Teddy Bridgewater last week had a really strong game. We know what Aaron Rodgers did. Um, you know, it was it was it Foles came in in relief against for Chicago and threw all those touchdowns. So. Uh, while we don't think highly of Cousins, yeah, you're right. Home in this matchup um, is a pretty strong play. Um, I could buy it. I could, I could buy it into it. That's that's not bad. Any any value guys that you're you're taking a look at here? Um, nobody that I really dig very much. I think Joe Burrow uh, against Indianapolis could be an interesting play. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't want to have to put my eggs into into their basket. Um, at all. So no, I mean, you know, Drew Locke, no, Daniel Jones, no, no, not, I don't even want to go Kyle Allen against the giants because it's Kyle Allen. He just sucks so bad. Yeah. Kyle Allen's not very good. He also got hurt last game. had to get taken out. Um, you know, Carolina's defense isn't any great shakes. Would you be interested in Nick Foles? 5,800 on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, if it's fit, you know what? If he, if if Nick Foles, I'd rather go with Fitzpatrick against the Jets. Okay, yeah, I can. I mean, I think Fitzpatrick versus the Jets is fine. Fifty nine hundred, right? Uh, in their home, more. Yeah, in their home. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fifth. Wow, I'm a little surprised that Fitzy hasn't been over six K yet for a guy that has given us uh, at least twenty five fantasy points for four straight weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's not bad. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, 5,900. I like it. Um, let's go to running back position. Uh, obviously, we know Dalvin is unlikely to play, though they said like he was feeling good. Um, he didn't participate in practice, but Zimmer said like get, Dalvin was feeling good. I don't know whatever that means. Uh, I'm hopeful that he's like, going to be officially ruled out so he can roll the Madison uh, play. Not the Madison sheet. They, you know, the DraftKings and FanDuel were up on at $7,200 uh, for Alexander Madison. It's feeling like this is a week where we're going to want to spend up, though. Um, at the running back position, you have Derrick Henry at 73, uh, Madison at 72, James Conner against Cleveland, 71. Uh, Mike Davis keeps on scoring. He's at 7K. Uh, all those guys find themselves in solid spots. They definitely do. But you know what? When you start hearing which wide receivers are in such smash spots, you're going to be like, well, damn, I think we got to try and find some value at the running back position. I mean, listen, I think... I think everybody's going to be in on Madison this week. No question about it. It's 7,200. I mean, it's tough to pay that, but I mean, I'm not going to say it's a free square, but I mean, it's him and Henry. Him and Henry are the two guys right in that price range that I think they're in the biggest smash spots. And so it it could just be a matter of, you know, deciding which one you're going to go with. Is it going to be Henry? Is it going to be Madison? Because I think it comes down to the two of them, even over, Mike Davis, uh, you know, going up against the Chicago defense. Uh, we've already said that Cleveland does a good job against the run, so uh, I'm not interested in James Conner. Uh, James Robinson has some appeal at 68, but, I mean, it's still at 68. So, I mean, I think if I'm going to stay up in this uh, and go over 6K at running back, yeah, I might have to go with uh, – you know, strictly either Henry or Madison, and then like try and put something together, you know, much cheaper um, down the way. Ugh. Well, okay, so if we go down sort of the mid tier 6K, there's Jonathan Taylor against Cincinnati. Uh, Taylor's been okay. Uh, the, you know, the Colts, for whatever reason, haven't really been, you know, giving him the ball as much as I feel like everybody expected. Um, you know, we saw the, you know, the 26 carry game against Minnesota. We're like, here we go. Just, it's going to be feed the ball to Taylor, but then following up 13, 17, 12 uh, carries in the previous, you know, three games isn't what we're kind of looking for. Fortunately, the red zone uh, scores have been there three touchdowns during that stretch. But this could be an opportunity for them to run on this Bengals defense um, if they find themselves up in a lead. Uh, and then everything we said about not liking Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley's been the one that's been hammering the production over 100 yards against Carolina, two touchdowns against Green Bay. Four touchdowns over the last three weeks. Um, if you're looking at mid-tier, do you have a favorite between those two? Um, yeah, no, not really. I mean, listen, you make. I mean, it's obviously it's a great point about Gurley that he has been the one who has been doing the work, and Minnesota's run defense is terrible. Um, you know, David Johnson had 96 yards last week on 17 carries. He did. He did. Well, who did Cincy play last week? They, uh, oh, it was the Baltimore. Ravens. Yeah, they played Baltimore. Because, <clears throat> you know, Geno Atkins being back also kind of, uh, you know, their their ground game has been, or their, their run defense has been a little bit stronger for Cincy. So, you know, I, I might tilt off a Taylor on that. I also think, I also feel like Cincinnati could win this game outright. I think mm-hmm. they could surprise Indy. And as much as you want to see Jonathan Taylor run, I think if, if since he scores quickly, then it takes him out of the game. So I like Gurley over over Taylor, I think, uh, if I'm looking at those two. Um, 
I might be intrigued by Joe Mixon, who is right there with them at 62, because Darius Leonard's out, and uh, and and they might have some issues uh, stopping the run in in Indianapolis. I'm encouraged that he at least has gotten over 20 carries in the last two games. Like something maybe clicked somewhere in the Cincinnati offensive coordinator. Like, hey, let's get this guy more involved. Look at the targets the last two games. 14 targets over the last two games as well for Mixon. So, all right. I, if you're a believer in Cincinnati, I, I could bite on some Joe Mixon here at 62. Um, just because it's a PPR format and I'm just loving his pass game involvement. I do love his pass game involvement. There's another running back who I'm kind of eyeballing for his pass catching involvement as well but uh he is much much cheaper than joe mixon much much cheaper right, well let's much, keep working our, our way down and see if we hit that that player um are you biting into ronald jones's back-to-back 100 yard game um no not with a healthy leonard fournette if if he's healthy i don't even know if leonard fournette is healthy right now uh he is i've got a questionable thing so fournette only was active last week they said because they literally had no other bodies. They right. needed somebody to be there. Uh, limited participant in practice with the ankle. So I'm not really worried about Fournette. It's, I guess, game script maybe. You have to wonder if, if Tampa Bay is going to be up, you know, that can give the ball to to Jones. You know, Green Bay hasn't had strong success up against the run. We mentioned Gurley ran for two scores against them. Uh, they are home, and, and Jones is kind of surprising people. Uh, there. So, uh, again, probably a good pivot play. I don't think he's going to be a core guy in my lineup this week, but uh, the production has at least been there for you. Um, who Who is the, the Joe Mixon counter to you? Who's the Who's the guy that you're looking at here? I'm not really looking at anybody. I, you know, listen, Miles, <laughs> just talking shit. <laughs> I thought Miles you were maybe, Ga- maybe going to go to Montgomery against Carolina because he listen, had eight targets. He also has 14 targets the last two games. Uh, for Chicago, that's definitely worthy of a play. Fifty-eight hundred, uh, definitely worthy of a play, uh, without a doubt. He's definitely somebody who I'm looking at, and and the good thing is, is that you can pair him with Henry or Madison, and you know, especially on DraftKings where it is full point PPR, um, it works out nicely uh, for you. So um, I, I got that. I was waiting for you to go all the way down and dirty. Uh, and see if you wanted to start touting your boy DeAndre Swift again. <laughs> well, I mean, I did mention him the other week. Um, yes, I know. And then you immediately tweeted to me after he scored. Yes, I did. You're all Mr. Braggadocious. I was. I was happy to see it uh, happen there. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know why they don't use him as much. <laughs> like, they should be using him more. I actually like Adrian Peterson in this game for Detroit, if I was going to go to the Lions back. The, the way he's actually running the football right now, it's pretty solid. Uh, Jacksonville's not a strong run defense. Uh, so Peterson could be a nice, uh, you know, ugly kind of guy to throw in your lineup. What's his, what's even his price tag right now? It's cheaper than $4,700. So, right. Well, uh, he, he sat out on Thursday's practice. So, yeah, I'm seeing know. that. I said it's an illness, but it's not a COVID related illness. Well, that's uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he, if he practices, I guess, on Friday. But I mean, like against Arizona, he had 75 yards. Um, he scored against the Saints, which is a tough run defense. Um, you know, so they're giving him the football. If we think Detroit's going to be up in this game, he can be involved. But I definitely like Swift because of the pass-catching ability. Um, would you go post-hype on Antonio Gibson here after he uh, laid an egg for you last week? <laughs> um, it's You know, it's definitely worth a shot. It is because, I, and I'll say this, because, you know, McKissick got so much work 
uh, as as you know, Washington was like trying to come from behind, and and they really just leaned heavily on him. You know, I don't think that the Giants are running away with this game against them. So maybe Antonio Gibson does get uh, a little bit more in the touches instead of McKissick. It's still not a great play. Like as bad as the Giants are, you know, they're still their better. I I almost would say I'd rather go to Swift and uh, rather than uh, than Gibson. Okay. That's fine. Um, Miles Gaskin, it's a key. Is that fair? Job. Is, that, is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. I agree. I, I think it's fair. And, and I was gonna, I was gonna mention McKissick <laughs> as a guy as we got down there too, because I actually started putting him as a flex play in some season leagues where I had to make moves due to buys and COVID and whatnot. I mean, sixteen targets the last two weeks. You're talking about PPR league um, is DraftKings format. McKissick at forty four hundred is an interesting um, guy. Uh, Gaskin against the against the Jets. We talked about how cheap. Um, Fitzpatrick is again another back that has seen you know four targets and every at least four targets in every game this season. Uh, got the red zone work last week as well. Basically, Jordan Howard is useless at this point. He's not even getting the red zone touches anymore. So, so it's so hurtful. I know, I know. <laughs> again, I've I've gone on this rant a billion times, but where was any Dolphins beat writer letting us know that Miles Gaskin was going to be the early down or the feature back in this roster? Nobody said it. Everybody thought Breeder and Howard were going to split time. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close to being the case. Um, so Gaskin, again, your Jets are not good. You know, they're they're uh, it's a good opportunity to, to run him out there. Damian Harris will be interesting to me because he had 100 yards in his debut against the Chiefs, but now Cam Newton is back. You know, what does that take mean for the Patriots' running game? But we do know that they want Harris to be their lead guy. Um, you know, he's only five thousand dollars. Devonta Freeman, also $4,900. He had a decent showing against the Giants. I mean, against the Cowboys, 60 yards rushing in a score. He's been, you know, a little bit involved in the passing game also. Could be a week to deploy him. Yeah, it could be a week to deploy him. I feel like I feel like we're fishing a little bit, you know, like a, l- a little too deep at this point. I don't think he's looked bad, though. I don't know if you if you I mean, again, I've only been highlight watching, but I mean, you know. I don't. I don't think he's been as bad as people maybe expected him to look, based off like the fact that Barkley couldn't do anything with this team. But I mean, it's, sure, it's three and a half yards per carry against Dallas. But I like the fact that they actually committed to him getting those touches. He got the score and then seven targets in two weeks in the passing game. We know that's his skill set. So oh, right. Yeah. But I mean, if you're gonna if, if if you're gonna talk up Washington's front seven, then how do you go to him? Well, I think the pass rush is the thing with Washington. It's when. It, I don't necessarily know. I mean, what has their run defense been strong? I guess I should. I mean, I know with DraftKings is, you know, OPRK shows, but uh, you know, it depends on who they've actually played in terms of trying to run the football. So um, I don't know. Again, just looking at it, I just like his involvement. For me, it's all about usage and opportunity. And Freeman, you know, getting 17 carries last week just shows that they're committing to him to being the guy. Right, which is great, and I think that that's fine. But I mean, again, you're also talking about you know, look at the game that that he got the 17 carries in, you know, and that's just it's it's a, just a different defense that he's facing that he's squaring off, and you know, I, I think that in all honesty, the Giants are the type of team, and we've seen this from Jason Garrett, uh, that they'll 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 you know they'll 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 keep the run going a little bit, but the focus is on downfield. The focus is definitely downfield, and they've and they know that they've got the weaponry for it. So, you know, for for me, I you know whatever. I just you know I get that that the usage was great and that they're committing to him, 
Of course they are. I mean, they, they're paying him what, like three million for the year mm-hmm. uh, for him to play. But it's still, it's it's a it's a it's a shit offensive line, and it's a it's a shit matchup for him. Okay. So, uh, yeah. we we touched upon obviously some few guys, McKissick, Swift. Anybody lower than them? Uh, Philip Lindsay is expected to come back against New England this week. Um, you know, Frank Gordon, Michael P. Ryan are now your Jets. No, there's one jet that you use in DFS, and only one jet. All right, well, let's talk about That's it, <laughs> yeah. right? That's the only reason, and the only way you're going to play him this I mean, you can play him this week all you want. I mean, that's great. Um, you know, for lineups that you're going to have a Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, uh, you know, Preston Williams, or throw Gesicki in there, or you could throw. Uh, Gaskin in there, and then the jet coming back for your stack is obviously going to be Crowder. So you don't um, use Crowder in the game stack? You don't think he's worthy of a one-off play? I th- I do think he's worthy of a one-off play. I do, but uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna live and die by by that. I again, surefire way to lose is to invest in Jets. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting to me that. You know, even with the change in quarterback, they know who they're going to, right? Crowder, again, 10 targets with Flacco as the quarterback, 116 yards in a score. Seems like no matter who the who the guy on the center is, he's the he's the target option. It's mostly because it's all they have, but he's the target option. Um, all right. Well, you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of great top end receivers with matchups. So why don't you go over the ones that you're, you know, focusing in on here? Uh, welcome back, Devontae Adams. Calvin Ridley going up against, he'll probably be matched up against like Holton Hill or Mike Hughes. Adam Thielen on the other side of that game uh, against just the, the worst cover corners in, in history uh, in Atlanta. Allen Robinson against Carolina. Those are your well, uh, those are your four most expensive wide receivers, and they're all in smash spots for, for this week. Those are some nice plays. I mean, how do you how do you pick between like the only way you pick between the, these four is price? Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you could certainly go ahead and do your cousin stack there and just throw Ridley and Thielen in there together, right? Just sure. game, game stack that one right there and, and get exposure to it. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I mean, you, you can even go down further. I mean, Allen Robinson, even though Carolina against the pass, I guess has been okay. Uh, you know, getting a hundred targets a game. Uh, you know, still putting up numbers there, and I, and I think Foles is not in the worst spot. Um, Will Fuller, you know, got got in the end zone last week, so he didn't kill his fantasy owners. Uh, but Brandon Cooks had the game, which I guess we should have expected after his goose egg the week before. They were going to do everything to get him more involved. Um, you know, I, I think Fuller's still in, in a really good spot here against Tennessee uh, at $6,800. Um, and then we go sort of the middle of, of this 6K range where it's been a, a lot of the same scenarios where guys are just hurt, right? So it's it's the people at the top and then a bunch of questionable plays and then guys that are at like around 6K and under. Uh, we touched on Crowder already here. Um, Galladay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Juju Smith-Schuster. He's in it. Listen, he's in a nice matchup. All right, everybody's, yeah, see, I hear you, man. Everybody's on the Claypool train, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think everybody's forgetting the fact that Juju has had three touchdowns through the first four games. There was a game off because of COVID, and it wasn't even him. And then it came out, and it was Claypool versus Fulgham last week. 
Uh, okay, that's fine. You're going to tell me that you're going to take out Juju Smith-Schuster going up against Cleveland, who always leaves the middle of the field open, struggles against slot receivers and, and tight ends, and you're going to ignore Juju? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just He hasn't been that impressive. I know he found the end zone, but his yard controls have been crap. He only had one good game for in terms of targets against Denver. You know, Philadelphia, Houston weren't really that impressive. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson, when he's on the field, is getting all the targets. He's had 10-plus targets, um, you know, in the games that he was healthy for. And then the games where he was out, um, again, you know, Juju wasn't really able to do too much with it. So, you know, is this an indictment maybe on their the actual upside of the passing game? You know, even last week, I think I mentioned to you that at, like, halftime, Juju and Deontay Johnson combined for, like, two catches from negative three yards or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. There, there's something, you know, people weren't high on him going into the year for one reason or another. We all thought Big Ben would be able to, like, you know, revitalize him. But, uh, you know, he sort of continues to be overlooked in situations where we think he could be the guy. Johnson, when he's healthy, and then Claypool last week. Well, think about it. What's, why was everybody down on Juju coming in? Because he wasn't productive without Antonio Brown in the lineup. So now you've got two outside receivers in Deontay Johnson uh, and Chase Claypool who are, uh, you know, establishing themselves. And that's where Denzel Ward is going to spend his time. And that's where, uh, I don't know if Greedy Williams is back this week or not, but uh, whoever the, the corner is over there, that's, boom, that's that's their attention. The outside receivers uh, are legit, which, again, leaves Juju open. Yeah. All right, you know what? He could be a nice contrarian. I just don't think people are going to go there. So, uh, I know that's great. I love yeah, it. It could could work out well for you again. My just recent production and knowing that, like when they're healthy, other guys are still producing around him. Uh, just kind of for whatever reason, is tilting me off him. Um, I still like Robbie Anderson, even though it's Chicago. I mean, last week Mike Evans downfield was putting up a lot of big numbers against them, uh, and Bridgewater just loves throwing to this guy. Uh, for, you know. For, for one reason or another, he's getting all the targets and making all the plays. Uh, so Anderson at 63. I expected Kenny Galladay to be priced up after um, you know the last couple of weeks where he found the end zone in both, but he's still sitting at 6,200. I think him against Jacksonville is probably going to be a very chalky play. Uh, we mentioned already Crowder at 6,100. I like as a one-off in Destley in game stacks there uh, as well. Don't forget Devontae Parker, 6,300. Against the Jets. They yeah. suck. Yeah. All right. Dante Parker's fine. I mean, yeah. He has, oh, now, oh, because Preston Williams got into the end zone now again. No, and like now we're no, back on that again, Preston Williams is the number one. No, it's just again, you're looking at like what his usage has been. He had one huge game in, against Seattle, and everything else has just been eh. You know, like he, if he's not getting into you in the end zone, he's giving you like 11 fantasy points, 12 fantasy points. So, um, and just the inconsistencies of Devontae Parker, right? So, I mean, if you're playing, obviously, if you're stacking this game, you're going Fitzpatrick, you're going to play Devontae Parker. Um, it's just, you know, I, I'm looking at this at this point, we're going into week six. I just wanted to see some sort of consistent numbers, whether it's targets or yardage or catches or something to show me that he's, you know, I can rely on him and, and I haven't seen it. So he's a GVP play for sure. You're not recommending him for cash games. So that's fine. If you're If you're stacking... Miami here, Parker is probably a guy um, that will definitely make your lineups. But uh, if I had a pick of the guys that are around him, I'd rather just go with the people we've discussed with Galladay, Crowder, Anderson over him. All right. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Let's move down further then uh, into the tiers and see who we like, who we don't like. Um, uh, where am I? I'm at uh, 6,000. Justin Jefferson, obviously, in a nice spot. Um, might I just switch over to that? Uh, Jefferson at six grand. Yeah. Tyler Boyd at fifty eight hundred. I, I love that. I, I you know I normally like Terry McLaurin. I just I can't I I can't do it because of the QB. <laughs> QB can't do stretch. it. What's weird is that like DJ Moore had a huge year last year with Kyle Allen uh, as his uh, quarterback, and McLaurin had seven targets last week against the Rams, but he was on Ramsey Island. I imagine, um, you know. Is, is it Bradbury, right? Is that the cornerback that, that the uh, the Giants yeah. have? Is he going to shut down Terry McLaurin this week? Um, again, not nobody really wants to play this game, but I think in the, if you want to go low ownership, you know, McLaren could be a GBP guy. I, like, he, um, he's never had a good quarterback. He put up all those numbers last year with Haskins. So, But see, that's the thing. Haskins has an arm. He's got a cannon, right? He, he heaves it downfield. McLaurin's there. McLaurin's fast. He burns the coverage. And that's that's what it is. That's what Haskins does. Haskins isn't like a you know short, quick timing routes to the to the slot receiver to move the chains downfield. That's just not the type of QB he is. You know he wants uh, he wants to fire it downfield, which is why he worked so well with McLaurin. Kyle Allen, I don't know, man. I just he's just not that guy. No, I, I mean I'm not going to argue there. Kyle Allen is not very good, so. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just not. I just it's it's funny that just like volume wise, guys are still receivers like uh, more last year. We're still able to have good years uh, with him at, at under center for one reason or another. So I, I think McLaren against the Giants can certainly be just be more talented than that secondary and get open. So um, for me, I think he's in play. Um, AJ Brown didn't practice because he's got dealing with some sort of knee. Uh, oh, they didn't hold a practice, so they didn't practice, but they labeled them as a knee. Yeah, uh, but he looked really good against Buffalo. Would yeah, you go it was in the same here? thing. It was the same thing. It's it's the bone bruise with the knee. That's the yeah. only. That's why he's questionable here. Um, fifty six hundred. I'll take AJ Brown at fifty six hundred right? all day, every day. Right. I mean, like to me, that that that's against Houston for sure. I, I I'm buying into that one uh, as well. I like Chenault against Detroit if he's you know as long as the hamstring doesn't seem to be a problem. He's a limited participant in practice. If you can get a full participant participation over the next day or so, knowing that Chark is dealing with an injury at $5,200, Chenault's increase in usage is, is something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I like Chenault as well. Um, you know, not my absolute favorite, but the price is right. So, I mean, just depending on how you're constructing your lineups, um, you know, he can, he can save you some salary, but you know, I'd still look even further down if we're saving salary, um, I mean, I'm not going to chase points with Brandon Cooks at five grand, but Keelan Cole actually at 4,900. He's uh, he's in a, in that same spot as Chenault, and Keelan Cole just he seems to be the guy who Minshew looks for in the, in the red zone all yeah. the time. Yeah, he's gotten some touchdowns and the looks are there. So again, if you're if you're looking to pivot off, because I figure Chenault if charts out is going to be the popular Jaguar to play. Yep. So totally, you know. Uh, if you're looking to pivot, you can go like a guy like Cam. You can find the end zone. I'm not going to argue too much with you there. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson returned to practice in a limited fashion with his back injury. They said the back problem isn't a big deal. So if he registers a full practice um, on Friday, he's $4,900, right? Like that's 
too cheap for a guy that was saw 23 targets over the first two weeks. And you already mentioned Cleveland secondary uh, not being overly strong. Um, no, Cleveland secondary is strong. On the outside, Denzel Ward will be on Deontay Johnson nonstop. Like, that's that's the thing. If Deontay Johnson's healthy, he's going to end up seeing a lot of Denzel Ward. Uh, and that's just, that's not a great matchup. Okay. See, so I mean, think, I get it. So would you, well, I mean, if they go three receiver stats, then are you going play pool then? Do you think, you don't think Ward would cover him? No, why? Why are we? Why, we're automatically anointing Chase Claypool as the new number one in Pittsburgh. No, but I mean, I don't so know. So why would you put your top cover corner on the rookie? Well, I mean, we haven't seen. I mean, outside of the early weeks from Johnson, I mean, I don't know. There's just. I'm asking you how you think they would play. Does Denzel Ward go to one side versus the field versus the other? I mean, there's different scenarios where. Uh, you know, I, I could see Johnson not being the guy that's shadowed by Ward all game. Yeah, no, I don't see him shadowing. I just see that, you know, when, when they match up, it's going to end up being, you know, you take a look at, at how often uh, Deontay Johnson lines up uh, on the left or the right side. I can actually go to those numbers uh, right now as we speak and see... Deontay Johnson is going to yeah see yeah forty percent on the uh, on the left forty five percent on the right so he's going to see uh, either Denzel Ward uh, or Terrence Mitchell if uh, if Greedy Williams isn't playing so it'll be back and forth there between the two okay yeah so like I said forty nine hundred to me was just a good price point right like for a guy that was you know so heavily involved early on. It, you know, is he healthy? I don't know. Like, why was he not in, you know, he missed the whole second half of the last game, but he wasn't looking pretty good early on anyways. Is there just no, like, some you know lack of, you know, fluidity with Pittsburgh right now with their offense? Um, you know, because it hasn't looked great at times. Um, but seeing him at under $5,000 is just kind of a, a number that sticks out to me. Yeah, no, it definitely sticks out. He could also very much be a trap. You're not wrong. Um, but you know what? Who knows? Man? Maybe the Cleveland Pittsburgh game. That's the game that smashes, like uh, Pittsburgh against Philly did that week. <laughs> right. Exactly. It could be. Um, you mentioned Boyd. Do you like Higgins the same at 47? Um, I do like Higgins at 47 a lot. Actually, I really do. I mean, you want to talk about a guy? I mean, he's pushed. You know, I love AJ Green. Oh, I'm going to play through this hamstring issue. I'm going to be. I'm going to push through it. I'm going to push through. Of course, you're going to push through it because T. Higgins just leapfrogged you on the fucking depth chart. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, unbelievable. So Green's a piece of crap. Higgins is definitely a guy who uh, Burrow hits on a regular basis, and I I like it. I mean, for 4,700 uh, right there. I mean, I'll save 200 on the Deontay Johnson call. And get me some tea. Yeah, I agree with you. I like T. Higgins as well. Um, is there anybody else below here that you're looking, you know, mid 4Ks or under? Um, you know, Randall Cobb. You know, you said you didn't want to chase the Brandon Cooks points. You know, Cobb, target-wise, has been pretty consistent. It is a PPR league. He's giving you at least 10 fantasy points in three of the five weeks here. Um, you know, it could be a guy. Adam Humphreys moved off the COVID list. He's 4K. Um, you know, was getting involved in that offense before going on COVID IR. Um, you know, some dart throw plays potentially there. Yeah, there's just some dart throws, you know, throughout. I mean, guys who uh, I might consider looking at. I mean, I would actually go, you know, Cobb's okay. Samuel, they keep saying they want to get him more heavily involved. 
And coming out of the slot, he's going to see Buster screen a bunch. Um, Dontrell Inman always seems to be a name that pops up for a big, long touchdown, even though it's like stupid uh, Kyle Allen under center. For 3,600 going up against the Giants defense, that kind of, uh, you know, it, it piques my curiosity in a, in a sad, pathetic sort of way. Uh, <laughs> almost like David DuVernay uh, at three grand going up against the Eagles. Like, it just kind of, you know, when you kind of have a feeling that, you know, this guy who's gotten a little, you know, a little bit of industry buzz and we've seen him, you know, hit the end zone before. That kind of a feeling, like that's really where it's all at. But it's they're they're all dart throws. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, just because I want to bring him up, because why not? Uh, if Green ends up sitting out, would you go at all with John Ross as a dart throw? I don't know, man. John Ross has been he's been a healthy scratch yeah. like every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has been there. You know, just kind of clicking around, seeing who maybe could capitalize. Do they activate him, or does he, do you, do you just pivot to Auden Tate instead? So, so Tate, I looked. So I looked at just looked at the depth chart as well, and Tate's got a questionable tag. Didn't practice on Wednesday due to a shoulder injury. So, oh. you know, if, if they both sit out, Mixon's at three k min price. Oh, not Mixon. Um, Ross is min price three k. Uh, you know, hasn't played since week two. Uh, but you know, could be a guy that sees playing time if those end up if Green and and Tate are out. All right, I will just I will say this: if he does hit score a touchdown, do not text. <laughs> Tight ends, let's move it. What do we Mark. got? Mark Andrews, the number one guy. He should be scoring touchdowns the last two weeks. Finally, he's given us uh, three. Top tight end performances in five weeks on a position that has been rather uh, uh, inconsistent this season. Andrews has at least provided maybe the most consistency. Uh, that's going to be on this slate, at least. Yeah, I listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, Mark Andrews. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a great spot. He gets the red zone looks. It's 6,500. It's tough to to invest that heavily in the tight end position, uh, but I mean, he's probably he's probably the most sure thing. Uh, on this slate, right? I mean, Gesicki at 55, I mean, it's a great matchup, but, you know, I mean, he's been up and down as far as production goes. Noah Fant, maybe he comes back healthy. No one's we'll really good against tight ends. I wouldn't really go that direction, personally. There you go. Hawkinson is in a good spot against Jacksonville. They don't cover the tight end well. But, you know, I mean. Jonu, I like Jonu at 52 if he's I healthy. Love Jonu. I love Jonu. I love Jonu. I do. And Houston Houston struggles against the tight end as well. That's a nice play. 5200. Um yeah, I mean that's probably as high as I would really want to want to go as far as price tag. No, yeah. I'm not chasing Robert Tanyan. No, I'm not chasing Tanyan either. Um Zach Ertz is not a contrarian play anymore. No, not doing Zach Ertz even though the targets continue to be there not against Baltimore. Evan Ingram, one of these games, he has to do something, right? One like, of these days. You know, <laughs> he, he saved us all with the rushing touchdown last week, of all things. But I know. I, I mean, know. Uh, Dallas, I think, just committed to taking him out of the game plan. Or Daniel Jones is that bad. One of the two. Um, only two targets. I mean, <sighs> I don't understand. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Hayden Hurst has been garbage. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm going to trust that play at all. Eric Ebron's been getting a lot of looks lately. Any love for Eric Ebron? Um, there is, and Cleveland struggles against the tight end. Just uh, he's got to stop fumbling the ball. Yes, he needs. He's got to stop fumbling. He's got to stop. Ball. 
that's just that's it. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go to to Pittsburgh and do the Friday Night Lights duct tape scene uh, on his fucking hands because he's driving me insane. <laughs> driving. Uh, do you believe in Cameron Bray? Um, meh. I mean, sort of not really. Green Bay does a good job against the tight end. Also, that's the thing. You know what? I'll tell you what. I don't love the value tight ends. I don't love them. You know who I like? We didn't mention Jimmy Graham at five five K. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I mean, I like Graham a little bit. Uh, obviously, uh, Andrew Cooper's boy uh, there. He's been getting some targets, finding the end zone, which has been nice. Like if you can get a uh, if you can get a tight end that finds the end zone, you're you're setting yourself up. Uh, for for a good week there at that position, so uh, Graham is fine for me. Uh, if OBJ does sit out, Austin Hooper maybe becomes more valuable. Seventeen targets the last two weeks. Yeah. Maybe somebody told Baker, "Hey, use this guy we paid in the offseason." I don't know, right? I mean, I don't know why all of a sudden is he getting so many looks? You know, yeah, um, know. only thirty nine hundred dollars. Uh, tight ends what against if- Atlanta has been a thing. You know, we can't really trust Rudolph. Right, but do you Irv, go? Do you go da- down as far as Irv Smith? Irv Smith is min price twenty five hundred coming off his best game of the year. The problem is last week Ian Thomas was coming off his best game of the year and also did nothing against Atlanta. So it's a spot to use them, right? I mean, this is the matchup, and, and Irv Smith is supposed to be the pass catching tight end of the two. So um, yeah, dart throw, dart throw play. I think Irv Smith is worth at least a lineup or two if you're going like the twenty max or something. Uh, what do you think about Trey Burton? I was just going to ask you about Trey Burton. <laughs> Jinx! I like Trey Burton. I, I was touting him in redraft leagues earlier this year as like a last pick um, you know, option, and then he ended up going on IR, and it kind of blew that out of the spot. But uh, you look at the snap counts, and you look at the target shares, he's basically the only one getting looks now. Um, you know, yep. Molly Cox and Jack Doyle are not involved really in the passing attack. He's at 11 targets in two weeks, so... Burton at 3,100, again, not really something I want to fully put all my, my eggs in that basket, but I think, you know, he's at least showing uh, his involvement. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And uh, I was going to basically ask you that exact same question. So uh, there you go. Tight ends. Moving on. Defense, Defense, baby. Steelers. How many points did they get us last week? They got us eight, but... Dude, the sacks, the sacks are there. Seventeen sacks. I know, sacks the last I know, but this, this is a this is a much better offensive line that Cleveland has. Um, ah, I mean, they just they gave up so many points. It's no, just they the, keep giving up too many points. That that is definitely the problem. 21, 21, and twenty nine the last three weeks. Yeah, that that kind of bums me out. I you think know, the I think the Dolphins at twenty nine hundred of the play this week. Oh yeah, that's probably true, right? Everyone's gonna <laughs> everyone's gonna play them. I like, guess the Jets. Uh, like, the Jets. where else are you going to go? $2,900 on DraftKings. Come on. Yeah, that's true. And they had a, and they were, they were a good defense last week, too. 12 fantasy points against the 49ers, five sacks. All right. I mean, again, when we look at these matchups, I mean, Ravens over the Eagles, Pats against the uh, the Broncos, that's I could probably do, a good I could do Denver, New England yeah. versus Denver. I could do I, I could do the Patriots there at 41 if we wanted to pay up. Um, I'll always go with the Colts, even without Darius Leonard. I like them. Packers against Bucks. Eh. Steelers giving up a lot of points. Broncos against the Pats. No. Bears against Carolina. I don't know if I could do that either. Carolina's offense is actually just too good. <laughs> yeah. Crazy to think. No interest in Washington or the Giants. Not going to take the Bucks against the Pack. The Lions defense, I think a lot of people are going to try them. They suck. Yeah, on the road, no chance. I'm not doing that. 
Yeah, not uh, at all. And you already talked about it. we're trying to spend up a receiver. So yeah, punting, quote unquote punting defense, but really taking a home defense in a really good spot there. So yeah, Dolphins is probably the play. Well, I'll rank Dolphins one. I, I still believe in the Steelers two. I'd go New England three as my my defensive rankings. All right, beautiful. John, did you uh, build a lineup as we were doing today's show? Did you build a lineup while we were doing today's show? I did. All right, let's hear it. Um, you know, this is more of like a cash lineup for me. Uh, Stafford, Madison, Montgomery, Galladay, Devontae Parker, A.J. Brown, uh, Jimmy Graham, T. Higgins, and the Dolphins D. I like that. I like I like that a lot, actually. I like the T. Higgins play. That for that is just like sticking out to me a little bit now. Ooh. You know, now now that we're like we're, we're talking about it more, and like I'm thinking about that that game and. Just the price point uh, that he is. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I like the T. Higgins play there for sure. What was uh, your line? Uh, so I got Kirk Cousins uh, in at quarterback. We're going to go with that Vikings uh, game stack here, um, you know, against Atlanta. Uh, for the running back position, I'm going down to the mid tier that we talked about. Um, I know everyone's going to go to Madison and, and those guys up top, but I just kind of like. Uh, that 6K range that we that we discussed. So I went ahead and threw Gurley in there as well to get the opposite side of that game. Um, I went ahead and put in Miles Gaskin against your Jets because you can go ahead and run against them. Um, at the wide receiver position, I used Higgins, like you said, also at 47. I have Thielen. Uh, I'm going to go with Ridley there. And for my fl- tight end, I went Eric Ebron. Uh, and for my flex at $5,400, I went ahead and uh, chased the points temporarily with Claypool. We find no, out. No, don't do it. We're going to find out temporarily what DeAndre Johnson's status is. I'm free to change uh, if that ends up you know, coming through and he does uh, play. But I got Claypool, and then we have the Dolphins D, and that leaves me with $200. All right. All right. I actually used my entire salary. You know what? To suit you, I'll switch out from Claypool. We'll go back to David Johnson because you can run on Tennessee a little bit. So, uh, okay. We'll go there. We'll go there. So, we have Cousins, Gurley, Gaskin, Thielen, Higgins, Ridley, Ebron, David Johnson, and the Dolphins D. And that uses all of the salary. All right, beautiful. Listen, I love that. I, you know, I love the uh, I love the Minnesota play. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, we're gonna have to if that game plays, we have to have shares of it somewhere. We have to. Everybody's gonna be on it, but that's a game that just. I mean, yeah, you just you look at it and you think that that's gonna smash. Maybe that's the trap. Maybe maybe we should be looking for the game that you know we we think is gonna that nobody thinks is gonna smash and. And maybe that's the one we ride. Detroit Jackson. Everybody's in on that one. What are you talking about? That game's going to smash. You think so? I, th- yeah. I think we'd be down on that one. I'm telling you, man, it's going to end up being like Gross. Chicago, Carolina. <laughs> it's going to be like the Ravens and the Eagles. Um, but all right. That wraps up the week six uh, DFS podcast here. Obviously, we're in subscriber chat all day answering your questions. Get us on Twitter. You know where to reach Howard. You know where to reach myself. Uh, Sunday we'll have the live stream with Howard and Jen from 11 to 12. We'll have the live chat with myself, Sean Mitchell and Ryan Hallen from 11 to one, uh, leading you up to Ross a lot to get all of your plays in, uh, and lead you to a successful week six, uh, for Howard Bender. I'm John Pemba and we'll catch you guys next time.